0: Even to meet the people that I've met, I would never, ever go on it.
1: Hey, this is Karis Ryan and welcome to Teach Me In 20, the podcast where we learn about something new each week. And this week we're chatting with Michelle Karen. Michelle was a recent participant on reality TV show Married At First Sight and she opens up and talks about her experience on the show and what life has been like after it. If you like the chat, make sure you subscribe so you can keep learning something new each week And you'll also be notified when the episode is out each Wednesday. And don't forget to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts. Every review you make helps people find the Teach Me in 20 podcast so they can find this episode. Let's get to the chat. Teach Me in
0: 20.
1: Teach Me in 20. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Karis. How are you going? Hi, everyone. How are you all? Good to see you. Is it weird having that tagline now associated with your name, contestant, on maths?
0: Um, my, I, I'm not a contestant because I didn't really win anything. <laughs> I was a participant. None of, we were all losers, I suppose. <laughs> contestant is a really, like, sad word because none of us won.
1: Yeah. Yes. What's life been like since the show? Yeah, it's different. I just think that it's... Um, I
0: suppose they tell us that it'll change, but you don't really know how it will change and no one can really prepare you for the change. And how it's kind of like living two lives almost. And, and that's really difficult to explain, but it is. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do they prepare you for life after the show? Do they give you a bit of an insight of what life might be like after?
0: Well, I think that um, I don't really watch TV a lot and everyone's like, oh, that's great. You go on to Married at First Sight and you didn't watch TV. Um, well, yes, but I, like you, you binge watch it before you go on, but they don't really tell you till after you've signed the contract and you're there and they say to you oh life's going to change like when you get out and you know you all know that you're gonna that you're all on here for something and they're just like yeah I came to get married and fall in love and stuff like that and they're just like they tell you oh yeah we'll protect you but you just got to listen to us and stuff like that but they kind of give you an uh, idea but you don't really have any concept of what it means that like people coming up to you and saying, wow, I know you, I know you. And like, they don't.
1: Yeah. They just know what they saw on the show. Yeah.
0: They know the character, but yeah. So and it was funny because I was in Sydney um, just last week and I said, I was there with Poppy and I said to Poppy, because when we were in Sydney last year, Sydney was not a very friendly place. And I said, Bobby, are the people so friendly in Sydney this time? And she said, Michelle, they are. They're really, really friendly. And I said, it's so different. Like last year, no one even talked to me. And they were just so rude. And she goes, Michelle, it's because people know who you are. And I'm just like, no, that's not why. And and she goes, yes, it is. And I'm just like, oh, wow, that's terrible. Because people were just ignoring me I'd go into a shop and I wouldn't even get served and then now it's like oh people come up to you and say hello and talk and it was so different
1: yeah did you watch the show prior to going on it so did you have a bit of you know I guess could you anticipate that you'd have a bit of notoriety or a bit of judgment that would come from the show so I watched it about three years
0: ago because I wanted to go I wanted to enter three years ago and I was going to go on and I was quite excited but I don't really know what happened to the people three years ago and then um, I binged watched last season but I'm not really social media like I had 150 followers and I was flat out knowing what those people were doing and if they knew what I was doing and yeah so that's skyrocketed yeah <laughs> it's a little bit different and um, yeah so I I had no concept of that. And I'd speak to Steve about it, like my TV husband, and he'd say, oh, you know, this is going to be different. And I'm just like, yeah, no one's going to follow me. Like I've got these followers and they're my family and that's enough. Like, you know, and he's like, yeah, it's a big show. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I don't really care. So <laughs> came to get
1: married. So that was your, <laughs> your aim going on the show. You genuinely wanted to meet someone because a lot of people go on because they go, well, I want to... Leverage it to for people to know my name and have a spin off of other things. Yeah,
0: I actually just wanted to meet my one, my one true love. Yeah. And I thought if it's not Steve and it wasn't Steve and we worked out quite early that it wasn't going to be him, then um, maybe someone watching or someone through the show I'd meet and it would be them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it didn't really kind of work out the way. Either. So, um, all my friends and family were just—they knew that my heart and soul was just—that was it, my only focus. And you can see, like my family, my reaction, their reaction—they were just so excited for me because all they wanted was me to find my one true love. Yeah. So, do you, yeah. Do you still keep in touch with Steve? Um like we will talk here and there like you know we we go through phases of getting close and not and yeah so like we don't hate each other and like you go through this experience together and it's a really difficult experience and so you, you can't get through it without having some sort of admiration for the other person yeah. and but like in the same time you kind of resent them but then it's like a marriage because, yeah, you know, if you lived with someone for that long. So, yeah, we still talk. And um, if I needed something, he would help me. If he needed something, I'd help him too. So That's good. Yeah. And I talked to a lot of the pa- participants on the show as well. So, because you just don't, like, no one really understands what we went through. And um, you kind of need each other. A lot of us a lot of them forget what we went through and um, the struggles, but some of us don't. Mm. So, yeah. And I, I like to talk to most people.
1: Yeah. It's good. You guys can have that support network because there's a lot of info that's come out on the show. Was it a positive experience for you? Um, I think that we have to take positive experiences out of it. Um, and
0: Yeah, so there are some positives that come out of it and they're learning experiences and one that you'd never do it again and one that you'd also tell everyone that you ever meet to never put anyone through that again. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I and there's some growth that you get from it. But do you need to grow in that respect um, from that kind of torture? No. No one needs that kind of growth and in that kind of environment, never. I think the positive thing is that I've experienced this and that I can possibly inform people on the dangers of such an environment. They are social experiments and they're experimenting on humans and it's for the entertainment of other people. And really, they put you through torturous like inhumane situations and um, for entertainment. Like when you're in that situation, when you're, when you've not been fed, when you're thirsty and, um, and not slept, you've like doing, you've done like 20 hours filming and you think, how would I act normally in the real world? It's hard to actually realize who you are. And
1: a lot of people forget very quickly. So you weren't fed, for, and you're filming for like 20 hours yeah, but like it's well I don't know if it's 20
0: hours but like there's days and days of like you wake up it's like long from 11 o'clock in the morning you're dressed if you're eight then you're lucky and then we're filming until four the next day and um And then you might've got a meat pie. I don't know if you see the food at the dinner table, you're looking for a bottle of water, but you can't. They've got wine there. Everyone thinks you're an alcoholic because the only thing you've got is wine and you'll drink it because there's no water. Unless you're gonna let that ice melt, um, then you're not gonna get some water. And I was actually watching a little bit of an episode the other day, it looked like Steve was drinking Coke And I was so envious. Um, It was a clip on a YouTube. It looked like he had Coke. I'm thinking, where the frick did he get Coca-Cola? And, like, they obviously gave him some Coke because, like, he probably was upset at that time. And they just thought, yeah, we'll give him a little bit of Coca-Cola just so he calms down or whatever and he stays. And then it's just like... And then I was watching it and you go straight back to that same point. And like, you know, this is months later and I was in a calm mood and I'm just like,
1: that asshole had Coca-Cola that night. Like, you know. How much alcohol are they giving you? Like, I don't know. You just pour as much as you
0: want instead. I don't know. Um, They do cut you off at some stage if you're really intoxicated. So, Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the appetizers and stuff, you're not meant to eat them and you're not like they try they keep the food out at minimal times. But you do see me hogging the food <laughs> at stages because I'm just like, Yeah, you're taking this food, bitch. I'm keeping <laughs> it like, you know, this poor waiters, they uh, just like, I've got to take the food. I'm just like, No, you can't take
1: this food, I'm keeping it So <laughs> Yeah. Were you Michelle happy with how you were portrayed on the show? um I think that they
0: um showed uh, a lot of like my personality yes they didn't show a lot of my happy moments They showed a lot of cranky Michelle but I thought it was a bit funnier than I am but anyway yeah no, yeah and there's some things that were not completely true but that's okay they made a tv show and so there was a lot of things that didn't actually happen the way they did but
1: okay what are some examples of that
0: oh like you know like the beach situation like that was like that was kind of staged um yeah my reaction to that and like there was quite a few things like you know me asking Steve for um sex and to share my bed and all of that that was yeah it was um yeah there was a lot of staged situations but it is what it is
1: and, yeah. How much of the show is scripted and manipulated by the producers?
0: Well, it's not manipulated because we've actually said the words. It's just that, like, you know, where I said, I really like Steve. It's like it, it would have been, I really do not like Steve right. or I do not want him to sleep in my bed. It's like it's they, they just get leave out the not. Mm-hmm. So... Because, yeah, I didn't want him in my bed. So I did say I did not want him in my bed, but I did say those words. I just, they just cut out the knots. Right. Are are they
1: feeding any of the cast lines to fit their story? Yeah,
0: before you go into a dinner party, like the, Um, executive producer will come into your tent and say you know stuff like oh this has to be good you know they said this and like they'll always tell you what's happened that week and things that people have said so you know yeah they want drama and you know they tell you how shit the season is and how crap you are and yeah I don't know that it's boring that's got to make you feel good <laughs> like 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 well I, I I didn't even think that we're making a show I thought I was getting married so you know they keep telling you how crap a season it is and it's just like what like I,
1: like why do they keep telling us how crap we are <laughs> it's like anyway because there's been yeah a lot since the show ended cast have come out and told of the things they've had to endure. Um, even saying that the experts are fed lines. They're not asking legitimate questions. It's what, you know, produces one. What's your take on that?
0: Oh, yeah. John falls asleep most of the time. <sighs> like, you know, I used to always just say, John, 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 John. Like, you know, he'd be there and then you'd have to wake up and like the producer would say something and then he'd repeat it. So, yeah, they're not. And Trish is like, she's got her one line and I liked Mel. But yeah, and I think that um, she'd check on you sometimes. But I don't know. They're not experts; like they don't interact with you at all.
1: What was the worst yeah. day of the show? Your worst memory of the whole process?
0: The worst day. Oh, was from the wedding or from like every day? <laughs> the worst day. There were so many worst days. There were so many worst days. You know, when I really just wanted to leave and I just wanted to go. I was. There was no way I wanted to stay I never want I didn't want to stay and there was never going to be anything between Steve and I I didn't want to be there anymore and Steve and I were fighting from the first day like you know there was never going to be anything and we were fighting a lot about his son um and because I couldn't deal with that and because my family is very close and um and I just couldn't cope but they didn't show a lot of that And like I would make Steve cry quite often because uh, I don't know, we had discussions that he wasn't happy to talk about. And I didn't feel like I really belonged there. Or, you know, at one stage, I also didn't feel like I could connect with anyone on the show. And um, I was very alone and you're not allowed to talk to any of the other participants. And you get to a point where you're very alone. And at one stage, I, I wanted to jump. Like I wanted, I was on the veranda. I wanted to jump off the veranda. And if we didn't have two fences, I would have jumped. Yeah. And seriously, my legs are so short. And Steve had no idea why I was like in between the two fences. And he's like, get over here, you idiot. Like, you know, but it's like basically everyone turning on you and thinking, I've got no one like and then you have to rely on the person that you're with so it's like stockholm syndrome so you don't really even like this person because you're not getting along but if you out them for stuff that they're doing the whole group turns on you and you've got no one and you can't escape because the producers tell you you've signed a contract and so you think the only way to escape is freaking jump out of the balcony and Like I spent like two weeks with everyone from the cast just basically ignoring me and not talking to me. They called me out as a liar and said to me that, you know, I was not credible and everything I said about Steve was a lie. And
1: wow, it was just, it was really emotional. Yeah, that sounds like a tough situation. Is there any wellbeing support for... Was there any for you or for any of the cast by the show?
0: Yeah, so they've got a psych there that comes and sees you, but everything you tell her that gets fed back to the producers and then they kind of use it in the storyline. Right. So, yeah, it's not very um, productive. But, you know, when I was quite um, detrimental then, they did let me see their doctor and um, he got me some medication and um and then they also let me go home to see my family but they ensured that I came back yeah. but when I went to see my family my family didn't really believe what was going on either because so they just thought well Michelle I can't be that bad like they, these are normal people like they wouldn't be like doing this to you because my family believed that these people were like we all think that people are nice and just like yeah no they're not they're not and um and like now that like my family can see the damage that's happened to me they're just like wow we feel so bad we would never have let you go go back mm.
1: It's interesting to hear this side of it because you see only what's on TV, the glitz and glamour, but there is another side to it. What re- glitz?
0: <laughs> what glitz do you see? You see us being slaughtered by everyone. Like, you know, what, we wear a short skirt and then we're a whore. Oh, we, I wore a midriff and I'm a fat slut. Like, you know, and then uh, I asked Steve to have sex and I'm a, like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's. What am I? Like, you know, um, it's really, really shit. And what, do you do? You want your mum, your sister or anything to be called that? I don't know. And the people making this and making the money from it, like, I don't know how they live with themselves. Like, really? And then that person that dies and then they haven't heard my voice or did they hear my voice and they just ignored it? I know that I get very
1: passionate about it, but are these the feelings in terms of being when you're on the show or this is post-show? So
0: when you're on the show and you're filming, you you have a particular type of stress and it is like a, it's a suicidal stress then. Then when it gets, um, you have these few weeks off before it gets aired, then it gets aired and then it's a totally different stress because then... You feel like you can't trust anyone that you were on with because you see what everyone else was saying and you don't know if they've really said it. So then all your friends are not really your friends. So then you start to hate everyone as well because they've made out that you've, that these people have said this bad stuff about you. So all your supposed friends have said all this bad stuff about you. So then you haven't got any of them either. And then You've also got all of Australia hating you. So then you've got so much levels of hate. And then you're hating yourself. You're also embarrassed in front of your family and friends. Like your family, my family couldn't even look at me. They pitied me so much. My mum was just like, I don't even know who you are. Why are you begging this man? And I'm just like, Mum, this isn't true. Then they're dealing with online trolls themselves. Like my 70-year-old mum has to deal with trolls. Yeah. Like, far out, grow up people. Why are you saying that? Why? And then they're looking at Facebook and they're seeing all these people say all this horrible stuff. And um, yeah, they're just like, it's hard. Mm. Sorry, I divert so much.
1: No, and that's what I wanted to talk to you about as well is post-show the online criticism and judgment you've had online. I mean, what are some examples of things people are saying? Yeah, it's
0: terrible. It's like the fat shaming, the like old shaming, the, I don't know, my voice. You know, I got hammered for saying something to Steve about, um, uh, about his testicles and you know there's so many victims on the show and like people like to play victim so much and they tell all their stories and stuff like that and i just think you know what um everyone's like makes so much fun of my voice and and they think that yeah, it's so funny that she's got this man voice because she smokes like two packets of cigarettes a day and stuff like that. Well no, I actually had tumours on my vocal cords. So is that funny to make fun of someone who had tumors on their vocal cords? I do I'm not a smoker. I don't drink, but thanks Channel Nine and Mass for telling everyone that I'm a smoker and I drink. But now everyone is telling me that, you know, I sound like a man and yeah. It's good that she's got cancer or tumors on her vocal cords because she smokes, but I don't smoke.
1: Yeah, that's horrible. It's really horrible. Is it mainly online, or is this also happening in public, Michelle?
0: Uh, in public, I think I get a really good reception. Like people usually say that um, they're quite they're quite nice, and people normally are very nice, and they say, "Wow, you're really." Um, You're like, you're really energetic and happy and normally very, um, they usually say I look better in real life. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know, (laughs) which is great. I sound really negative right now. I just, I'm really just sick of the, uh, I don't know. I I am really annoyed because I've actually had quite a few participants that are going on this year's show contact me just to say,
1: do you think I'm going to be okay? What do you say to them? What's your response?
0: Well, do whatever you want. But no, I don't think you will be.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least you're honest. Good, yeah.
0: Like, you go have a good hard crack. But I don't think you will be. Because mm. I was super strong. I have gone through so much adversity in my life. And um, I am a super strong person. There is nothing that I haven't been through. And, yeah, this broke me. Yeah.
1: But I think just going back to what you're saying about the public perception, I think you would portray it as very genuine, friendly and wore your heart on your sleeve person. And I think that's why people fell in love with you and you carry that on into your life and especially as a mother. But what if there's one thing you could say to these online trolls, what would it be? Stop. Yeah. <laughs> love
0: yourself. Like, you know, like really like reflect and love yourself because like when you love yourself then like it's so much easier to love others and um and when you uh, like just be kind to yourself and if you can accept yourself and your faults then you're not looking at everyone else's
1: yeah how often are we talking that you're receiving these messages? Is it one a day or at the height of the show? How often?
0: Oh, well, after I named and shamed that lady, I haven't got one. So oh gosh. Uh, I think that, um, yeah, so I was keeping a really extensive file um, on my, like on one of my folders. And yeah, I didn't actually get one after that. I felt like she just wouldn't let up. She just kept picking on me for that it went on for a while and it's was like well if you don't like my bikinis you don't like my the wow like what is wrong with
1: you but all, the relentlessness of it though it does take its toll and you sort of want to say you don't have to follow me you can find go and find another yeah, just, site just don't
0: look don't yeah. look and it's not just me and I'm not thinking just of me because I'm thinking of my daughter and I'm thinking of The other girls because there's a lot of teenage girls that don't uh, that aren't size six and there's a lot of girls in their 20s and 30s that aren't size six and that aren't prancing that are like maybe a size 12 or 14 or 16 and they're wearing midriffs too what are they not allowed to like and then are they going to be fat shamed too no No. that's not acceptable they can wear whatever they want they want to wear like a bra and undies and walk around they can do whatever they want that's Mm. their body like you know as long as they're respectful we have to look at men's bodies on the beach far out like yeah
1: (laughs) this is true
0: why can't we look at women's bodies which are far more beautiful so
1: it's not a nice feeling and hearing what people have said to you there's just no need for it and it's sort of calling it out and going why are we doing this this isn't you know, necessary and it does have an impact on individuals. I think people, if you've been on TV, they put you on a pedestal as if you can handle anything where that's, you know, you're still a human being and, you know, it's not fair to enjoy that. And it's it's funny as well. That's why I asked about is it just online or is it face-to-face is that these sort of keyboard warriors, they only are doing it online where when it comes to saying something face-to-face, they wouldn't either have the courage or they just wouldn't say it. And I mean, as you said before, you could delete your account. I mean, that's the easy option. You could not, I mean, another thing is just to not read it, that negativity. But as you said, you've, you know, it's also got your friends and family on there and it's a way to stay in touch. So that's not really the answer to then just delete it and wipe it. It doesn't solve the problem.
0: No, it doesn't. And then what's that saying to them? Like, you know, what, I'm just going to delete everything for you. Mm. No, I'm not
1: going to delete it for you. Like you delete it for me. I don't, I'm not like bowing to you. So if you had your time again, would you go on the show? Never,
0: ever, never, ever. Even to meet the people that I've met, I would never, ever go on it ever. It wasn't what I expected. And in hindsight, maybe I should have gone on three years ago. Like, you know, when it was probably a different format and, um, Yeah, maybe I could have met someone then. But yeah, um, no, I really, I don't care what I've learnt. I would never do it again. And whatever I've learnt and experienced or gained from it,
1: I didn't need to learn it this way. Okay. Has this impacted your future dating? (laughs) Um, I don't
0: think I... Well, like, I think that maybe maybe he was talking to you, but it's impacted my work. So um, I feel like I'm quite educated and I was respected um, previously in my field of um, education where I was um, previously. And I don't think I have that respect anymore. I am a joke. I think that I cannot be taken seriously work-wise. for dating how do i date anyone like do you how do i meet someone the people that message me either think that i want to have sex with them because that's what i kept asking steve for apparently or they're asking me to marry them just like i haven't met you dude so yeah how do i meet someone Uh, but i suppose like i've got time now just to focus on like
1: writing so i'll write my book (laughs) so i'll just write a book
0: (laughs) so fantastic
1: um, i was going to ask what's next for michelle yeah
0: well i just i don't know i actually don't know so i'm not really influencing even though people think i am i'm not really doing any of that because i don't know what to do i just show people what i do each day and i love my garden and um, oh, no. so, and I like my skincare and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I'll probably just keep writing my, um, like, on my webpage and then write my book and probably just, I don't know, start collecting cats or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's not a bad hobby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm allergic, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Michelle, thank you so much for your time today and educating oh, us more yes. on the other side of reality TV and also just an insight into life after the show and what you know future people that want to be on might have to deal with. Thank
0: you so much for your time and thanks for everyone because I listened. It'll only cost you 20 minutes.
1: Thanks for listening and I hope you learned something new there today about reality TV. It's not all what you see. They are making a show. If you want to keep the conversation going or ask your own questions, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Teach Me In 20 podcast Facebook group, where you get to ask the questions to our guest and chat amongst our community. Next week's chat, we are chatting with Maddie Harrington. Maddie is a transgender woman who's going to break down some misconceptions people have about the trans community. Maddie's so open and honest in our chat and Nothing's off limits. So, if you are curious and you have a few questions about our trans community, make sure you subscribe so you can be notified when that episode is out next Wednesday. And if you've got any questions, you can ask them in our community. Bye. Teach me in 20. Teach me in 20.